At this time, I'm going to read Mark chapter 1, verses 21 through 39. These will be the verses that I will use for our sermon this morning. Mark chapter 1, verses 21 through 39. Once again, I remind us that this is the word of God. They went to Capernaum, and when the Sabbath came, Jesus went into the synagogue and began to teach. The people were amazed at his teaching, because he taught them as one who had authority not as the teachers of the law. Just then, a man in their synagogue who was possessed by an evil spirit cried out, What do you want with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. Be quiet, said Jesus sternly. Come out of him. The evil spirit shook the man violently and came out of him with a shriek. The people were all so amazed that they asked each other, What is this? A new teaching and with authority. He even gives orders to evil spirits and they obey him. News about him spread quickly over the whole region of Galilee. As soon as they left the synagogue, they went with James and John to the home of Simon and Andrew. Simon's mother-in-law was in bed with a fever, and they told Jesus about her. So he went to her, took her hand, and helped her up. The fever left her, and she began to wait on them. That evening, after sunset, the people brought to Jesus all the sick and demon-possessed. The whole town gathered at the door, and Jesus healed many who had various diseases. He also drove out many demons, But he would not let the demons speak, because they knew who he was. Very early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house, and went off to a solitary place where he prayed. Simon and his companions went to look for him, and when they found him, they exclaimed, Everyone is looking for you. Jesus replied, Let us go somewhere else, to the nearby villages, so I can preach there also. That is why I have come. So he traveled throughout Galilee, preaching in their synagogues and driving out demons.
Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we read that the Lord Jesus came to preach. Yes, he came to give his life as a ransom for his people, but also he came to preach, to tell people who he is, why he's here. Preaching was something that our Lord did. It's very important. Help me now as I preach about the Lord Jesus and help all of us, Heavenly Father, to profit from this time of hearing your word explained. In Jesus' name, amen. In the scripture verses, of our sermon today, we see two of the reasons why our Lord Jesus had a strong inner life, why he was spiritually strong. The subject of our Lord's inner strength is no doubt not the main reason for the words of Mark 1, 21 through 39. But since I, and perhaps you, could use a lesson on having a stronger spiritual life, we will take up this morning from what we see about our Lord Jesus in Mark 1, two things that will strengthen our inner lives, two things that will bring to us spiritual growth. And the first thing is Sabbath observance. Sabbath observance. Look at the very first verse of our scripture passage, verse 21. We read there, they went to Capernaum, and when the Sabbath came, Jesus went into the synagogue and began to teach. From those words, I am reminded that our Lord observed the Sabbath. It was his custom to remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. And that is one reason our Lord was strong spiritually. Turn with me to a verse which some of us, perhaps many of us, will think has nothing at all to do with the Sabbath. Turn to Matthew chapter 16, verse 26. Matthew 16, verse 26. We read here, what good will it be for a man if he gains the whole world, yet forfeits his soul? To most people around us today, 
gaining as much of the world as they possibly can is what is really important. That, however, is not what is really important. It is rather the taking care of one's soul. Does one know God? Is one right with God? Is one walking with God? Is one growing in that fellowship with God? That is what is really of value. Now, that is exactly what God had in mind when he instituted and gave us the Sabbath. He instituted the Sabbath. And by the way, God instituted the Sabbath before he did the family, the church, the state. It is the oldest institution known to us. And God instituted the Sabbath so that it would be of immeasurable benefit to our souls. He appointed that day for our spiritual welfare. The Sabbath was made for man. Mark chapter 2, verse 27. Our Lord observed the Sabbath. And that is one reason he was spiritually strong. Our observing the Sabbath will give us spiritual strength. Listen to Ezekiel chapter 20, verse 20. Keep my Sabbaths holy, that they may be a sign between us. Then you will know that I am the Lord your God. Keep my Sabbaths holy, then you will know, not just intellectually know, but experientially, in your heart know that I am the Lord, your God. One thing that will help us have a stronger inner life is Sabbath observance. Two weeks ago, we had these words in our church bulletin. They are the words of Mark Garcia. The Lord, on the Lord's day, will fill us more fully with the good things of heavenly life as they are ours in Christ and continue the good work he has begun among us. Fill us more fully with the good things of heavenly life. Here's what I see in our text about our Lord's Sabbath observance. A, it included corporate worship. Verse 21 reads again, And when the Sabbath came, Jesus went into the synagogue. On the Sabbath, our Lord would join others 
in a synagogue or in the temple at Jerusalem and give God his worth. And he would do this Sabbath after Sabbath. Luke 4, verse 16. He went to Nazareth where he had been brought up and on the Sabbath day, he went into the synagogue as was his custom. What should we do on Sunday? How does God want us to observe the Christian Sabbath for his glory and our spiritual good? Worship him with other believers. Sunday after Sunday, come to his house and sincerely give him honor with others. Psalm 95, verses 1 and 2. Come, let us sing for joy to the Lord. Let us shout aloud to the rock of our salvation. Let us come before him with thanksgiving and extol him with music and song. That is God speaking. And he is calling us to worship him with others. Hebrews 10, verse 25. Let us not give up meeting together, as some are in the habit of doing. But let us encourage one another. And all the more as you see the day approaching. Let me encourage us. Corporate worship on the Sabbath. I also see in our text that B, our Lord had fellowship on the Sabbath. Verse 29 says, As soon as they left the synagogue, they went with James and John, to the home of Simon and Andrew. They did that to eat and to fellowship. We know that for two reasons. Reason number one, it was the custom after the synagogue service to go and have your main Sabbath meal. And so as you did that, as you ate that main Sabbath meal, you did it with others and you fellowshiped. But also I think we can say this. When our Lord went to the house of Simon and Andrew, Simon's mother-in-law was ill. But the end of verse 31 says that after our Lord healed Simon's mother-in-law, she began to wait. She began to serve them. Serve them. They went, they ate, and they fellowshiped. One of the most wonderful things about Sunday is getting together with other believers, talking with them, eating with them, being with them, ministering to them, having them minister to us. One Sunday, I, I spoke at one of our PCA churches in our presbytery. And after the time of corporate worship, I went to the home of a family in the church. And seven others were there, 
and we fellowshiped, and it really was great. I see in our text our Lord fellowshipping on the Sabbath. Let's open up our lives. Let's open up our schedules. Let's open up our homes and fellowship with other believers on Sunday for the glory of God and a stronger spiritual life. C, our Lord did merciful service on the Sabbath. He did acts of compassion. In the synagogue, he cast an evil spirit out of a man. Verses 25 and 26. At the home of Simon and Andrew, he healed Simon's mother-in-law. Verse 31. Compassionate activity was part of our Lord's Sabbath. Do you know that dear one in the nursing home who is lonely and in the twilight of her life and you just can't seem to get over to visit her? Sunday can be your time. Do you know that neighbor who is going through a real challenge in his life and you would love to talk to him about the Lord Jesus, but you just can't seem to find the time to do so. Sunday can be your time. Do you know those people who haven't been coming that regularly to church? Sunday can be your time to show care and love to them. Look with me at Luke chapter 6. Luke chapter 6. It's a, it's, it's a Sabbath. It's the Sabbath day. Our Lord is uh, with uh, others in a synagogue. And a man with a shriveled hand is present at the worship service. Verse 10. Our Lord looked around at them all. And then said to the man, stretch out your hand. He did so, and his hand was completely restored. My friends, it is lawful to do good on the Sabbath. What can we do on the Christian Sabbath? How does our Lord guide us with his life to Observe the Sabbath, corporate worship, fellowship, acts of compassion. They will honor God and they will be good for us. Let me mention two other things about our Lord and the Sabbath. Even though these two further things are not to be found in our text they're biblical, I believe, but they're not in the text that we have for this morning. So D, our Lord Jesus, I believe it is correct to say, also spent time in personal worship on the Sabbath. Not just in the synagogue or in the temple with others, 
But by himself, he talked to the Father. He thought about the word of the Father, the Old Testament. He no doubt sang to the Father. The Psalms or songs. He no doubt had all of them memorized and he sang them to the Father. He privately worshipped. And E, our Lord Jesus refrained from work on the Sabbath. I am sure of that for this reason. The fourth commandment of God reads, Exodus chapter 20, Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall not do any work. Our Lord Jesus perfectly obeyed the Father. He never put aside any of the Father's will. He kept this commandment. And so we may also say he did not work on the Sabbath unless, unless it was a work, unless it was an act of necessity. Our shorter catechism says this about observing the Sabbath. The Sabbath is to be observed by a holy resting all that day, even from such worldly employments as are lawful on other days. Let me say something that perhaps we're all thinking right now. This is a difficult part of the Sabbath to keep. I know it is, and I know that we will take it on the chin in keeping this part of it. But let me leave these words with you from our Lord. They are true for this area of God's will and for all of God's holy will. John 13, verse 17. Now that you know these things, you will be blessed if you do them. God will bless us if we obey him in reference to the Sabbath. Let's move on now to the second item that will strengthen our spiritual lives. We see it in our Lord's life in the words of verse 35. So notice again, please, verse 35. Very early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house, and went off to a solitary place where he Prayed. The second item, private prayer. Private prayer was also a factor that made our Lord strong. And it will lead us to spiritual strength, to spiritual health also. Listen to this quote. No Christian 
rises any higher than his praying. Everything we are and everything we do for the Lord depends on prayer. What a difference it would make in our personal lives, our homes, our churches, and our world if Christians really learned to pray and prayed. Let me ask, do you have times of private prayer? Is private prayer one of the most important things you do? Do you set aside other things to not neglect private prayer? No Christian rises any higher than his praying. Everything we are and everything we do depends on prayer. Here are three elements of our Lord's private praying that we find in Mark chapter 1. A, he would have a quiet place. In other words, our Lord would find a place where he would be undisturbed. He would go where he could focus on God. Verse 35, very early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house, and went off to a solitary place where he prayed. A, a quiet place is important to serious, private praying. It might be outside in a barn. It might be outside in the springtime in the garden. It might be in the car. I read this past week of a man saying that in order to have private times of prayer, he would get in his car and he would drive somewhere, he would park his car and he would sit there and he would have a time of prayer. It might be in a room or even in a closet in the house. It might have to be a chair in a corner somewhere. I say that with Susanna Wesley in mind. Susanna Wesley was the mother of John and Charles Wesley. Actually, she was the mother of something like 20 children. And every day she would get a chair and she would put it in the corner. And she would sit in that chair and she would take the apron and put it over her head so that she was like in a tent. And the family would know, leave mom alone. She's in a time of prayer. I remember a church retreat that we had a number of years ago. It wasn't here on our property. We were somewhere else, and uh, my friend Davey Williams was the speaker. And it was getting to be the time for him to speak again, so I went looking for him. And as I was walking in this building, uh, the door to a closet opened up. And he comes walking out, and he told me that he was in the closet having a time for prayer. To pray 
our Lord would find a quiet place, and we ought to do that as well. B, a period of time. Our Lord would spend a period of time in private prayer. I'm not going to tell us how long that period of time should be. The Bible doesn't tell us. I could put us all on guilt trips by talking about certain ones who would pray three hours every day, etc. If that's God leading you, wonderful. But I think we find in our passage that we have to spend a period of time in private prayer. But doesn't the Bible teach us that we should pray without ceasing as we go through the day? That we should cultivate the habit of continual prayer? Yes, and I'm sure our Lord Jesus did that. But our Lord Jesus nevertheless had his special times for prayer. Times when he would major in Times when he would focus on prayer. We see that here in Mark 1. And we read these words in Luke 5, verse 16. Jesus often withdrew to lonely places and prayed. Our Lord Jesus also formed the habit of withdrawing into quiet locations and spending time in prayer. I've read that in the Jewish church, it was customary to set apart a space of time for meditation and prayer every day, three times a day, in the morning, at noon, and in the evening. Psalm 55, verse 17 reads, evening, Morning and noon I cry out, and he hears my voice. Daniel chapter 6 tells us this about Daniel. Three times a day, he got down on his knees and prayed, giving thanks to his God just as he had done before. Spend time in private prayer, and then see... For the sake of private prayer, our Lord Jesus would deny other things, other things that were good. Mark 1, verses 35 through 37. Very early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house, and went off to a solitary place where he prayed. Simon and his companions went to look for him. And when they found him, they exclaimed, everyone is looking for you. In other words, Lord, you were a blessing to the people last night. You healed many who had various diseases. You drove out many demons. The people have come back to you. Why did you go off? What are you doing? What could possibly be more important than being with the people. Prayer, I am praying. For the sake of private prayer, our Lord would deny other things, other things that were good. That's how important 
private prayer is. Some of us, I fear, are so busy with good things that we are neglecting our spiritual life. The tyranny of good things. We have all heard of people who have gotten so wrapped up in their work that their family suffered. A businessman once said to me, the biggest regret in my life is not seeing my daughter grow up. Some of us, I fear, are so busy with good things that we are neglecting our spiritual life. Our Lord would say to us, deny things, deny good things in order to have private prayer. I need a greater working of God in my life. I need greater spiritual strength. I need to grow spiritually. And you do too, do you not? If we are honest, we would have to admit that we are spiritual runts. What can we do about this to help us to experience spiritual growth? Let's observe the Christian Sabbath. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. And let's be people of private prayer. What shall it profit a man if he gains the whole world yet forfeits his soul. Let's pray. Oh, Heavenly Father, may we be people who are interested, greatly interested in being right with you, knowing you, fellowshipping with you, obeying you, serving you. May we be people who are about you. And help us to take these two means of grace that we have just heard and seen in our Lord Jesus and to bring them more into our lives so that you, Heavenly Father, are honored. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.